Hi, Game Medical Education Podcast listeners. This is Kevin Eva, the Editor-in-Chief of the Journal, coming to you today from an overcast and all-too-typical fall day in Vancouver. But I'm going to speak with a couple of individuals who are sure to brighten your day as they're both sitting in somewhat warmer parts of North America anyway. Zreen Zadie, who's down in Florida, and Bridget O'Brien, who's down in California, have co-authored a paper along with Rebecca Henderson, entitled Exploring How Physician Educators Approach Politically Charged Topics with Learners that will be published in the November 2021 issue of Medical Education. And I'm thrilled that you could both be here and we'll maybe just ask you to introduce yourselves given that I have two of you here. So Zareen, do you want to begin? Yeah, good morning, everyone. Happy to be here from sunshiny Florida, where it's about 80 degrees outside. I am professor of general internal medicine at the University of Florida here in Gainesville. I practice and teach general internal medicine, and I have a PhD in medical education. Just to give you a little bit of context and a visual sort of representation of myself. I'm a woman of color, a first generation immigrant to the US. I'm a heterosexual cisgender woman with the pronouns she and her. From Bridget. I'm Bridget O'Brien. I'm education scientist and professor at the University of California, San Francisco in our Center for Faculty Educators. I have a PhD in education, and I am a cisgender white woman, heterosexual. Well, actually, one other little piece, maybe in terms of background and who you are, maybe comes from who you are as a pair, one of you in Florida, one of you in California. How did you wind up coming together to do this work? can start that. I was on the RHYME committee, the Research and Medical Education Committee, and one of the papers that I reviewed as part of that committee was Zareen's paper, and I ended up as a discussant for her paper in the RHYME sessions, and I remember after that presentation, there was a lot of discussion that I found really fascinating of one of the key points in her paper about how educators should be aware of their own personal identity and beliefs. And some members of the audience got up and felt very uncomfortable about actually sharing what they viewed as more personal beliefs or personal positions with learners given the power dynamics. And that sparked this really interesting conversation about how do educators, especially here in the U.S., when we have so many controversial issues coming up politically, address that with learners who may have very different views on the same issue. And so that kind of inspired this work. And it's an easy discussion to imagine. That's exactly as I would have expected to play. There'll be some who think it's really important and others who are very hesitant to approach those topics. But I can also very easily imagine it's becoming a more critical issue for us to figure out, as it seems like nowadays more and more things are becoming politically charged. Yeah, absolutely. And to 
give a little bit further context to that and also provide a plug-in for Rhyme, actually, because that's how Bridget and I got together and put our heads together after the Rhyme session, where I was actually presenting a paper that was about the visibility of culture in learning environments. And this paper was focused on this concept of cultural hegemony. And we brought out, we were talking about this term, educational cultural hegemony, which is educational practices where teachers really assume that the content and the task is culture-free and therefore implicitly discourage others from bringing in their personal backgrounds. It was very interesting that this person in the end who got up, he was a fairly senior dean at an institution and said that he felt that he would be uncomfortable with individuals bringing in personal content and also bringing up controversial issues. And that's where at the end of the session, we began talking about this gap in literature what does happen when people encounter these controversial sort of topics in the educational environment? What should we all do? Should we kind of remain silent? Should we disclose our stance? And it was a hard question to answer. And we found that there was a little bit of a gap in the literature regarding this topic. Well, and you've approached it by conducting interviews, a constructive qualitative approach to research, but I presume you still had to position the participants in some way with respect to what were you actually hoping to speak with them about? How did you come into this defining politically charged? So what we did initially was we began to sort of delve into the literature, looking for other scholars who may have worked in this arena. And we actually did not find a lot. What we did find was that a lot of work had actually been done in the K through 12 setting rather than higher education. And we came across the work of this scholar, Diana Hess, who is really a scholar of democratic education. And she has proposed this framework. And she says that, you know, when educators encounter any kind of controversial topic. And the definition of what is controversial can be really variable. So educators then can have four big options. They can either just avoid the issue, not talk about it, deny that the issue is altogether controversial, or just privilege a particular perspective. And some may decide, okay, we're going to just have a balanced, neutral discussion. So we decided to sort of use this as a framework, but we later found that, of course, this has to be adapted to higher education and to our professional setting. But our main research question was to explore how physician educators determined whether a politically charged issue is relevant to physicians or controversial from their perspective as a physician or a physician educator. And so starting the interviews with these folks, the 37 who participated, how did you depict something that was politically charged or how did you stimulate them to think about and recall particular experiences that they'd had? Yeah, so in that area, we thought a lot about how we should approach this and how would we choose things that actually might be controversial or did we let people self-identify issues? And in order to give a little more standardization to where people might go with this, we created a series of vignettes. We thought about what our heated conversations in the news around the country that would apply because we're in different geographic areas, different politically charged areas. What 
issues would be relevant both in San Francisco and in Florida. So we designed these three scenarios, one around gun control, one around insurance coverage of birth control and abortion, and one around affirmative action, and really use those as the launching point to get people into a discussion in the interviews. And was the context that was proposed to the participants a particular moment in medical school, or was the idea that these are issues that could come up at any moment, and how would they deal with them spontaneously? Yes, it was actually someone, maybe a student, asked for your view or to sign a petition. So it was a direct ask by a learner of, and what's your view on this situation? And it was in the context of medical school, non-clinical settings. So we did sort of earlier on in medical school. So informal moments in the curriculum as opposed to, yeah, okay. So how well did Hess's model fit? Did you find anything that surprised you or that was particularly challenging to the four approaches that you just described? Yeah, so we actually were very challenged by this particular data set. It wasn't like we could take a model and just use that model. The first thing we found was that there was this big dilemma where physician, clinician, educators tried to decide if something was a professional issue for them or whether it was a personal sort of issue. And they were very comfortable if they were able to categorize the issue and put it into the professional basket. That made a life lot easier for them. For example, they said, well, you know, if we have clear guidelines from the ACP about gun control, and it is clearly stated that we should be asking patients if they have guns at home and if they are stored in a safe place, then that's not controversial. We should all be doing it. And it's no longer a political issue. It's about safety of others, particularly children in the house. On the other hand, others struggled with trying to decide if it was purely professional or personal. For example, they talked about saying that if your medical mind tells you one thing, but your religious or non-physician world tells you something else, which should I follow? That's just an example of the kind of dilemmas that physicians seem to have faced. And then, of course, we had further responses where we were able to categorize based on Hess. So Hess's framework talks about avoidance. Some physicians, what they did was that they said, okay, we're going to talk about birth control, but we're going to talk about how birth control works that is the physiological aspect of it, but we're not going to touch on the political aspect of it. And then there were others who just simply denied that an issue was controversial altogether. For example, the folks who just said that, no, there are clear guidelines about gun control. It's simply not controversial. You need to leave politics out of it. And then others privileged a certain point of view. These are the folks who kind of said that we understand that this issue is controversial, but we have decided that we need to encourage learners to lean a certain way. An example for that, for privileging, was, again, things like birth control or abortion, where they felt that you need to make sure that you are also taking care of the patient in front of you. 
And then there were still others who said we should just balance out this conversation. All opinions need to be heard. And occasionally in this group, some folks expressed their point of view, but then tried to maintain a very neutral environment. So the variety of responses that you're indicating lead me to imagine that even the question of how should we be incorporating discussion about politically charged questions is a bit politically charged. There's some controversy even with respect to what do you do? And I, I can imagine some using the professional guidelines as a crutch to present their own opinion, others who disagree with those guidelines still being very unwilling to fall in line with whatever their professional organization has said. So this is one of those things by definition isn't going to have an easy resolution. Having heard all those different perspectives, what do you think we can do as faculty developers or curriculum leads or physician educators more generally to try to come to some better understanding of how to keep moving these conversations forward? You know, one thing is encouraging faculty to be aware of their own views, but also be aware that this might come up and that learners might, you know, bring this up spontaneously and sort of being ready and thoughtful about how will I respond to this kind of issue and being intentional about what they see their role is. And I thought one of the most interesting pieces in Hess's work was that as she tried to sort of study this more and parse out some of her colleagues' reactions when she brought up this issue of when my students, you know, asked me this question, how do I respond of what my views are? In her time, it was the Equal Rights Amendment and what her view was of adding that to the Constitution. Some of her colleagues said, well, your role as a teacher is to role model how adults think through these issues. And others said, no, you're in a position of power, and therefore you don't want to influence their views. You want to teach them to think for themselves. So you should remain silent. So I think rather than on the fly having to decide how do I respond to this, being more thoughtful about what my role as an educator is and how that would influence how I might respond to these sort of questions may be helpful. Yeah, and building on that, one of the other points that we bring up in this discussion in our article is really talking about for the curriculum designers in particular, discussing what should be taught in the curriculum and who decides what is going to be taught. And sort of this folks who have a relativist kind of position may say that what counts as evidence for one person may not count as evidence for another person. So this whole debate about culture and politics and kind of understanding that our curriculum design process is not a neutral process generally. Somebody with some point of view decides what should be taught. And actually, neutrality has been defined almost as a trap and where people get caught and we kind of lose sight of what the issues at hand might be. Excellent. And so keeping in mind that this paper is a good example of the value of conferences and networking and sharing ideas around these sorts of things. Do you have plans for follow-up work or what's the next stage for the two of you? I would say this is a very rich data set. And so there's a lot more to 
think about what's a manageable paper for submission, you always have to pick and choose where to start and end the story. And there's a lot of data that we haven't tapped into, into then what are the particular strategies that faculty use? So, I mean, we talked about more their position and whether they avoid or deny or seek balance, but then the nitty gritty more details of what does that actually look like when they respond in those ways we couldn't get into in this paper. So I think that will probably be the next thing that we'll tackle. And the next paper that we are currently working on really will describe some of the things Bridget just mentioned. What we are planning to do is talk about the pedagogical approaches that the educators then took. And they were very interesting approaches that a variety of educators used to help decide the approach they would take to these issues. So stay tuned. And I think that's going to be our next paper. All right. Well, we'll definitely stay tuned and look forward to seeing that. And as Bridget alluded to, there's more rich data even in this paper than we could possibly talk about in this context. So for those who do want to see more, I'll just remind you that the paper we've been discussing is titled Exploring How Physician Educators Approach Politically Charged Topics with Learners. You'll find it in the November 2021 issue with the authors Zareen Zaidi, Rebecca Anderson, and Bridget O'Brien the first and last of whom you've been listening to for the last 20 minutes or so. Thank you both for doing this. And as I said, we'll look forward to hearing what comes next. Thank, Thank you so Kevin. much.